Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager with the leadership team of Relate365.com. Once again, I'm talking to our good friend Nate, who is uh, going through a process of God refining his life and his family's life through cancer. And uh, Nate, how many tumors did you end up? Did you ever count them? Uh, I don't know the count because I never really counted, but I'll name them off. Okay. <laughs> I've got one uh, by my ilium, which is uh, in between my large and small intestines. Okay. Uh, several on my lymph nodes, uh, in that area, okay. uh, in my liver, um, a couple in my hip, okay. a rib and spine. Okay. So you have at least seven and probably mm -hmm. more than that. Now, what's interesting there is that you didn't know anything about this when you first went in, it was just maybe intestines. And now you've realized this thing has spread like a, like buckshot. Wildfire. Yeah. It's kind of like somebody <laughs> shot you with buckshot cancer or something. And Pretty much. And now you've got it in all these different places. Uh, however, there's different treatments for it, and it's amazing to look at what's going on in our culture as far as science goes. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of times at night, uh, I'll just you know browse the Internet and just seeing some of the, the treatment options that are out there for different cancers. Uh, it's, it is incredible what's out there, and it changes day to day. Yeah. It's, and it's not just cancer research stuff. It's, you know, just the medical community as a whole. It's, science is amazing. Yeah. Now, has this cancer, this sickness, has it caused you to grow further from your uh, relationships with God and your wife and your kids, or has it drawn you to them? Uh, closer to them. Okay. It's, uh, you know, you, I've always trusted God. Um, but I've learned to trust him even more yeah. because there's so many more areas that I see I need to trust him in this. Yeah, plus I think we lie to ourselves and we say we trust God, and then when we, he shows us what's really going on, we realize, oops, you know, mm -hmm. I really don't, but I should, and we start talking through it and thinking through it a little better. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you find that true in oh, your yeah. own life right now? Yep, and then, you know, the re relationship with my wife, you know, we're— uh, a lot more transparent, you know, especially with, you know, health-wise with me. You know, most guys just tough things out and right. it's what we do. Um, I, my wife is very sensitive, you know, that she doesn't want to see me hurt myself. So I, you know, I'm constantly, this is how, you know, I feel. This is where, you know, I've got pain. Yep. And uh, she's also realized, too, that sometimes I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, welcome to the world of maleness. That's yeah, right. that, that happens too. And so we've gotten, you know, much closer that way uh, with, you know, communicating and then also, you know, some of the, the end of life discussions right. that, you know, most younger married people typically don't have. Now, as you do this, the idea that one day you leaving this earth and leaving your wife and your children, is that bothersome? It, in a way, yeah. Okay. It's, Is it you know, painful? I, yeah. I, yeah. I love my wife dearly and I love my kids dearly. And, you know, what husband and father want to, to leave that. Yeah. Do you ever uh, put up like an emotional barrier where you just say, I don't want to care? No. No. Because when you care, you can't help but realize that one day you're going to be hurt. Mm -hmm. Because there's no possible way for you to love people and love God and not feel pain. There's yep. no possible way. I mean, here's what I counsel. Now, you tell me if you think this is good counsel, but young people that come to me, one of the things I usually counsel them in, if they ask, or if we're going down that road, is 
if you're going to commit to somebody and you're going to love somebody, I also want you to understand that, honestly, you're going to have the most pain from that relationship than anything else in this world. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes I use childbirth as an illustration. Then I think it's very interesting how God has designed women to give birth and their body and the contortions and the things that they go through. And, you know, but after this birth, those mothers hold that baby and love that baby. There was an awful lot of pain involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just the moment of birth, but, you know, the, the expanding of the body oh, yeah. for those months and the, and the discomfort and all the stuff that goes with pregnancy. But when that baby is present, the love of that mother towards that child and all of that pain is just almost forgotten. Yep. And I know, I, I, I admit, I'm a man. I do not know what I'm talking about. I realize that. So before any of you ladies <laughs> send me an email and tell me you have no idea what you're talking about, I realize that. But I have seen enough mothers to know that when they look at their child, they just realize that pain is a part of the process. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you don't want to experience the nine months of pregnancy and you don't want to experience the birth process, you probably shouldn't get pregnant because that's part of the process. And I think that's uh, with us loving one another too. Mm -hmm. I think even as you've talked to us here on staff about you not being a part of Silver Birch Ranch uh, in in the future as far as uh, being on our staff, see, that's painful. Mm -hmm. That's not something any of us want to go through. But it's something all of us will go through. And we can go through life kind of keeping people at a distance and say, I don't care. That's just life. I don't really care. What you do is you harden up and you ruin any chance for real relationships. Yeah. And any relationship you do have, it's a surface yeah. relationship. It's meaningless. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, one, there are so many people that have gone through various moments in life of pain and you're going through, you know, those at this point. And sometimes when I'm done talking to them, I'll say, enjoy the pain. If they've tracked with me, as far as what I'm saying, they know what I just said. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I'm glad you're in pain. That wasn't the statement. It was enjoy the pain. Um, A young man I remember years ago, and I don't remember all the details, but his father had died, and he loved his father, and his father was a good father. And I'm trying to remember if it was quickly or slowly. I guess it doesn't matter. His father died. And he, talking about how painful it was. And I thought, this is, this is good. Because I've talked to other young men who when their father died, they said, good riddance. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a different kind of pain. It was a pain that could never, ever be satisfied. It was a pain of anger and distrust and, and revenge. And you weren't meant to go th- through those things. And I explained to him how... It was a privilege for him to be in pain because of the love of a father and because of the relationship that he enjoyed and how God had set it up so that many years from now he could join his father again. And that relationship would not break apart again. I think that uh, one of the most painful things to realize in this world is that God, who created us to never experience death, because of our sin, allows us to experience death. And if when you look at death, death is a separation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came to this world to die on the cross so that the payment for this sin could be made and that the separation that I will experience from God because of my sin 
will end and I will not be separated from him again. And what's interesting there is that for all of eternity then, I will not be separated from God and any of my relatives, any of them that have their faith in Jesus Christ, they too one day will join me and we will never be separated again. And that's a precious truth. Oh, yeah. And if you don't have that, uh, my friend listening, I'm telling you, that that's why you're despairing. That's why you have to turn mm-hmm. to the bottle. You have to figure out other things to get through these things. God didn't give us life to endure. He gave it to us to um, have a, the benefit of a great life that he gave us, abundant life, not an enduring life, but an abundant life. And I believe that no matter what the circumstances of life are, you can enjoy abundant life. But you have to be willing to go through a period of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, and I probably shouldn't be talking to you about this, Nate, because of the situation you're in, but I think that um, one of the greatest pains that I will ever experience is it will be if I see my wife die, and, I have, and we have to be separated. But then I thought on the opposite. One of the greatest pains I'll ever experience is dying because I know I'm leaving her alone. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Yeah, dying doesn't really, that doesn't scare me. See, that doesn't me either. That's not even my point. But it's the the separation from my wife, my kids, because I love them dearly. Right. And it's that, the the pain that, well, if I die, I'm not experiencing pain, but the the pain that my wife will have and my kids will have, because, you know, they love me as well. Right. And, you know, it's if the roles were reversed and, you know, if my wife was one with cancer, yeah, you know, it's there's that the grieving with that. It's, right. uh, you know, when you love somebody so much, yeah, there's that pain that comes with that. And it's not bad. It's yeah. just it, it comes with that territory. It's it's a fact of life. Yep. I encourage you to enjoy that pain because that pain comes with love and the greater the love the greater the pain. Mm-hmm. But it's a good pain. Uh, have you ever done any, and I don't know that you can do that now, but have you ever done any uh, rehab work? No. See, I, I used to play football and hockey, and I used to do rehab. And when you do rehab work, there's, there's pain involved. Um, I've seen these very strong guys who are rehabbing ACL tears and you know, oh, those yeah. kinds of things where they are lifting a very light weight and tears are coming out of their yep. eyes and they're sweating. And I'm looking at them going, come on, it's five pounds. Get over it. And I'm thinking, why does that hurt so much? Well, when you rehab, you go through pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had some operations, and, and I remember as a kid, I was in a wheelchair for a while, I, in and out, different surgeries for a couple of years. And, and after one of them, I, I can't remember why, but they told me, well, we're going to have to train you to walk. And I thought, I know how to walk. I mean, I've walked all my life. I, I know how to walk. I, I was only about, I, don't, I can't remember the age, 13, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of a smart aleck anyway. It's like, no, I walk. And the nurse kind of knew what would happen. She said, well, get up then. And I got up and fell down. And so it wasn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. But, but then I, as you go through rehab, what was interesting is there's, you learn there's a pain that's good and acceptable, mm-hmm. and there's a pain that's not acceptable. But they're both pain when you want to take a moment and think about it. Mm-hmm. And the, the wise person distinguishes between the good pain and the bad pain. Mm -hmm. The good pain makes you a better person. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why with the pain medication that I'm on, I could 
have the doctor give me enough medication so I feel you know, zero pain. But I choose not to do that because I don't want to become addicted to the stuff. You know, the pain is a warning system for stuff that's going on. Absolutely. You know, the, the stuff that I had in my hip, I wouldn't have been privy to that if I was on so many pain meds because it would have masked it. Right. And, you know, we found that there was a problem there, so it took care of it. You know, I, I choose to function with a little bit of pain. So pain has a purpose. Yeah. And either the purpose is warning you about something that you need to correct because down the road it's going to be, da- it's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. Or it's something that tells you, look, you love deeply, so there is pain, and it's a pain that's very satisfying because it helps you grow and develop into the person you should be. Mm-hmm. I remember once there was a lady who went through, and she, had, uh, she was pretty young when she had these abnormal strokes. And so she really didn't um, walk well after that. I'm, I'm guessing she was probably, I'm guessing 30 years old or something. And um, again, I don't, I can't remember the age exactly, but she was walking funny. And I remember talking to her about rehab. And I was like, no, that's too painful. And I thought, I, I told her as a young man, even if you're, if you're going to avoid that pain, you're never going to walk right again. Mm-hmm. She's got to be 70 now and she still doesn't walk right. You know, because she wouldn't go through the good pain. Yeah. Well, my dad, he had knee replacement surgery uh, over the course of the last couple of years. You know, they do one at a time. And, you know, there's pain that comes with that with, you know, the rehab. And, you know, it's one of those, you know, once you get through this initial pain, it's going to get better and better and better. Right. And But if you don't experience that pain, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And then that pain is going to be there constantly yeah you know when you when you talk that way and when you're talking just about your life and the pain that you do have and the emotional pain that is there see it's not always in america we get so into the relieving of pain that we lose Mm -hmm. the purpose of pain and the purpose of pain good pain is to rehabilitate and bring you to a point where you really appreciate god and those around you i would say because of your pain of cancer just from watching you, you have enjoyed your wife more than you ever have in your life. Correct. Yeah. Now it is the pain of the disease that caused that to happen. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. You get something like that and perspective changes. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, I, as I've told people, I'm a far better person because of the cancer. Now the pain and, that you have, has it drawn you closer to God? Yeah. Has it drawn you closer to your kids? Yeah. I think it's even drawn you closer to Silver Birch Ranch. Mm-hmm. Now, with all that said, how bad is this pain? Not that bad when you, you compare it to so why what don't you we, gain. Why don't, why don't we do this when we're not in pain? Because we're not thinking about it. Yeah. Isn't, so pain's a blessing mm-hmm. in a way. So in a way, if I, if I were to say to you, so your cancer is something that's been good for you. Mm-hmm. All right. See, now, <laughs> now that sounds is, weird. <laughs> that is what I think our listening people need to evaluate. I, I think when God is in charge and he loves you and you know that he loves you and you realize, okay, look at what's happening in my life. I'm, I'm becoming a better husband. I'm becoming a better father. I'm, I'm more sensitive to the things of God. I'm enjoying God more. Mm-hmm. I, you may, are you enjoying your parents more? Mm-hmm. All right. You know, so far I haven't said anything negative. <laughs> well, it's funny is the, you know, the friend of ours that we've uh, mentioned several times, uh, who's diagnosed nine years ago and was given, you know, six months to live, uh, 
he will tell you the exact same thing. Cancer was the best thing that happened to him because yep. of his per, you know, perspective changed. Yeah. And yeah, it's, uh, I can attest to that, you know, with, you know, me personally. So obviously the idea of, of being sick is not as disastrous as people think Mm-mm. because good things can actually come out of that. Oh yeah. Things that are more important than being healthy. Mm-hmm. See, now that's what people need to see. If we live in this life, if we live in the United States of America, I call us the first world country. If we live in this first world country and comfort is our only blessing, we're in trouble. Yeah. Because that can be dismissed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and a very simple scale, you know, this summer we have uh, these ships that we built out in the field mm-hmm. and and uh, we make kids walk the plank and it's all safe, by the way, if you hear that the <laughs> ships aren't even in water, they're in a field. <laughs> And there's a big net under them, and there's mattresses normally. And, and I went out there one day, and I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk the plank. I'm just going to do it. And I walked the plank, and they didn't have the mattresses there. And I said, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm a tough guy. You know, the male thing kicked in. <laughs> and I went down. I'm telling you, I could barely move my arms for days, and I'm still in great pain, <laughs> you know, from it. And I'm thinking, you know what? It, life just is different sometimes. You, you mm-hmm. don't, I keep thinking, I wish I could go back and not do that silly thing I did. In the same respect, though, I've been talking to God about some things that just changed my perspective. You know, I don't think before I, was, uh, I ever just thanked God that my shoulders move without pain. You know, I, I just don't think I did. I didn't, I didn't realize the things that God did give to me. Mm-hmm. And I took for granted that maybe, maybe just comfort is supposed to come automatically, and if you love me, I'm always comfortable. No, this life is hard, and there's sin involved, and, and things happen that you don't want to see happen. And, you know, I'm watching um, uh, some very close um, relationships go through, uh, watching elderly people just die. Mm-hmm. And it's painful. But it's painful because of the great love that they have and the respect that they have for mm-hmm. those people. They don't want to see the suffering that they don't. comes with it. But think of all the, 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 the right perspective that comes out of it. That's okay. Enjoy that pain. But at the same process, realize that when they close their eyes on this life, if they put their trust in Jesus Christ, that pain's gone. Mm-hmm. And the next time you actually see them, you won't be ever separated again. Unless, of course, your you trust is not yeah. in Christ. I don't know how... If you had to pretend for a moment to give somebody that was godless any hope, could you do it? It'd be very difficult. Yeah, I don't know even how you do it. Yeah. I mean, what would you say to them? You, you got to hope in the medicine? They know the research. Mm-hmm. Hope in the doctors? You know, they're human. They, they might help. They might make a mistake today. They might have had a bad day while they're working mm-hmm. on you. What do you hope in? You hope in... The spaghetti monster. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. Because it, without God, there's no hope. Yeah. And uh, we have to be very careful, obviously, because it's so easy to begin misplacing our trust, whether it be in money or people or, or anything else. Um, but I think it's really interesting. We, we need to be people who will settle the matter that comfort in this world is not the goal, that love is the goal. Mm-hmm. And anything that will allow us to love God and love people more is a good thing, not a bad thing. And I think that, that somehow we need to see that. And with that taking place, it will change the whole attitude of, of people, both healthy and sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, going through some of the pain that I go through, it allows me to see things that, 
you know, I would have, that I took for granted before, just being able to, you know, walk around. Right. Being able to, you know, talk with people. Yep. It's, uh, it's amazing what you start to realize that this is a blessing to be able to actually do this. Whereas if you didn't experience some of the pain and some of the heartache, you wouldn't have noticed that. Absolutely. And, and yeah. being able to enjoy just simple walks in the woods, the sunrise, sunset, being with your kids, hearing their voices. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of those things become precious. And really, a couple of years ago, those were just things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I enjoyed doing it with the kids, but now it's even more meaningful. Right. They were still things. Yeah. You know, I'm watching that again with this um, elderly man that is struggling and and how his family around him is enjoying different things than they used to because of the fact that it's obvious that his time on this earth is limited. Mm-hmm. And so we, we, we begin to use the pain that God gives us as a rudder to get us right in the middle of blessing. Mm-hmm. And there's no way. I, it's amazing to me how you can be uh, in the wake of God's will, and there are waves all around you. But you're still smooth sailing because you're right there where you belong, and and that's the best you can offer somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, So many times in recent months and years, I've talked to people who are depressed, who are angry, who are sick, and they really are saying, well, if you were in my condition, you'd be that way too. And I think, not really. Not really, because never, never will God not know what he's doing, and I know Mm -hmm. who he is. And not only this, he loves me, and he loves you. And my friend, if you're missing that, I so invite you to, Open the word of God. Go to John chapter 3 where somebody came to him with a very simple question. What really do I need to do to satisfy you, mm-hmm. God, in life? And, and that's a profound question because one day, and I would guarantee this for you, Nate, or anybody else that's listening, one day the only thing that's going to matter to you, the most important thing, is going to be, God, did I do well? Are you proud of me? Is it, did I accomplish what you wanted me to do? Mm-hmm. And then I think the second most important thing will be that it's said about your wife and children. And if that's really true, then how should we live today? Mm-hmm. Because I honestly believe that. I think if I were to die today and stand before God, I would want him to say, well done. And he's not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But as I wait for my wife and kids, I will want to hear him say it again. Mm-hmm. that doesn't happen by accident. We have to live now then with that in mind. Yeah. And people like yourself, Nate, you have a platform for however long it is. You have a platform. And I keep uh, urging you and praying for you that you will take advantage of that platform no matter where it takes you. And uh, you're talking about possibly doing something else. What are you talking about possibly getting into now that you can do? Uh Sky is kind of the limit, just as long as it's a, a job that isn't as you know physically strenuous. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I've always been open to do basically anything, uh, from whether it's selling cars, driving around car parts. Yeah. You know, the the main limitations that I have, you know, for work wise is just you know, physically strenuous stuff. Yeah. So you can look for things, and I imagine the hours have to be somewhat flexible because of the, the chemo treatments yeah. continuing and, the, and actually the physical status that you might or might not have, mm-hmm. um, which, again, will limit the job somewhat yeah. um, dramatically yeah. in that sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I hope one day, to, yeah, if I'm able to, 
actually, you know, go back to work full time right. doing something. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you know, my current state, yeah, I know that's yeah, almost impossible just because of everything going on. Well, I want to yeah. encourage our listeners, enjoy the job you have now because you may not be qualified for it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, I look at uh, what's going on here at the Ministry of Silver Birch Ranch and we're, as we talk, there's over 300 high school kids here running around and it's really high energy. Mm-hmm. I mean, really high energy. I cannot keep up with them anymore. I'm 63 <laughs> years old. There was a time where I could be right in the middle of it, mm-hmm. but I can't do that anymore. Uh, as you know, because of my narcolepsy, I had to give up driving the, the bus for the raft trips, and I gave up driving the boat for the skiing and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Not because I can't drive anymore, but because uh, just the, all the legal stuff that's involved. Yep. If something did happen and I have narcolepsy, I think it would be a tragedy uh, as far as going through all that mess. Oh, yeah. So I've decided not to do it. But I thought, you know what? I actually loved doing those things mm-hmm. because it got me next to the people. Well, that same, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, you know, figured if you liter- literally and figuratively. It, yeah, I love driving the ski boat, seeing you know, a camper with a grin from ear to ear because they've never done that before. Yep. It's, it's rewarding seeing that. And then also knowing that, you know, these pe- people might have never heard the gospel before right. and you're a part of that process. Yeah. You know, life is, is built one experience at a time. Mm-hmm. And being a part of the experiences of people's lives is amazing. I went, you, you might like this story. I went, um, I've had a goal. I've been living up here. I've actually been here 52 summers and I've lived up here 35 or so years. And I, there's this place that I just love. I call it Boulder Creek, but it's really not Boulder Creek. Uh, I didn't know the name of it until recently. So I, I have my own nickname for it, but it's one of these gorgeous pieces of real estate in the North woods. It's, it's a, a cold, 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 rapid stream um, kind of thing. And I found it on the map, and I found it's a class one trout uh, stream. And I thought, I need to go back there someday and fish for trout. And believe it or not, I had a friend come up yesterday, and we decided, let's go there and fish for trout. And I did, and within five minutes, I had one. And I thought, you know what? That, I was just sitting there rejoicing with the Lord of the simplicity of the task, of the beauty of the area. Mm-hmm. And just enjoying something that my Heavenly Father gave to me. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you, Nate, you keep enjoying what God gives to you. You keep enjoying your wife and your children and your home and, and your friends and be looking for him. And, and as you do that, you, life will be so enrich, enriching for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and those who are listening that don't have Christ, I have nothing to offer them. I, it sounds harsh, yeah, but, but I have nothing true. to offer you. See, with, with Nate, you've been listening to conversation that reeks with hope mm-hmm. and, and, and has all kinds of potential for good in it. But if you take God out of that formula, there is nothing. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I would love to be able to offer you something, but I can't. So it's been interesting so far, and we're going to be looking forward to continuing to meet with you, Nate, in the future and see what God does in this next phase, as you start phase two of chemo and or whatever phase it is, phase 5,000, and uh, see what God does there and see how he continues to refine you. And we're excited that we're able to record these podcasts and make it available for many years to come mm-hmm. for people uh, to listen to as you go through this journey and appreciate your transparency. Now, you've been listening to Younger Older, and this is Dave Wager. I'm with Nate Brash today, coming to you from the Relate365.com studios. 
We're on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute, which is really a division of silverbirchranch.org. Goodbye for now.